Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Facing the Music with Terry Oldfield. My name is John Valdivia, producer at iTheSound.com. Throughout these episodes, we shall traverse the depths of humanity, music and consciousness, painting a portrait of the life, art and philosophy of Terry Oldfield, a renowned musician with over 80 film and television productions, 3 million albums sold, as well as a BAFTA and two Emmy Awards nominations. Perhaps more relevant, a man who has undergone an enlightening spiritual transformation. This series, curated from candid conversations had during the years 2022 and 2023, will introduce a return to the mystery and wonder of existence, as well as our necessity to confront ourselves. We shall also feature selected pieces from Terry's extensive musical anthology. In this first episode, Terry introduces himself and sheds light on the liberating act of living without plans and certainties, especially the certainty about who and what we are. On behalf of Terry and myself, we hope this material provides a source of encouragement, peace and inspiration for your lives. We invite you to share these discussions with your loved ones and express our deepest gratitude for lending us your time and attention. Welcome to Facing the Music. Having just written the entire account of my history, <laughs> it's difficult to uh, to pinpoint uh, who I actually am. We have to talk from two different standpoints. From the viewpoint of history and memory, and the other one is from this chair, speaking in the present moment. to say that I don't really know who I am in terms of description. I'm not a noun. I'm more of a verb these days. There's not somebody here who's thinking and I have no idea what's going to happen in the next phrase of what I'm saying. 
uh, like being with the flute, you know, on stage and you don't know what notes you're going to play and yet you trust that somehow it will be played uh, through here. As far as who is in here, there's nobody in here. It's the same one that's uh, in there. Living in the mystery like that, it, it makes it very, very different way of living. In this empty space, in this empty I feel that each day is more like a lifetime. I wake up in the morning. I have no idea what I'm doing normally. If I do have plans, they are incredibly flexible, which means that I can change direction and it doesn't bother me. It's a highly recommended way of living, actually, because you don't have to be stuck in any particular direction. I know for a fact that I was born with a, a built-in aversion to getting a steady job, doing all that sort of stuff, because every time I tried to do it, or somebody tried to make me do it, I felt like I was having a panic attack almost. It's a bit like the chicken who gets born with a, the knowledge of, of a hawk flying over because you see the chicks when they're born, they have an innate stored memory in the, in the genetic material that recognizes the danger of a hawk flying over and they've never seen one before. Even a dog that's um, never seen a sheep, as soon as it sees the sheep, you know, if it's a sheep dog, of, uh, it will start herding the sheep, you know, and things like that, when related to human beings, make a kind of case for continuity in the sense of patterns uh, repeating. I do feel that I came in to this particular life with certain tendencies and preferences which weren't necessarily learned. I don't think we, everything is learned through life experience. I do think that there are tendencies. I mean, you have cases of musicians, for example, being able to play instruments at an early age with very little tuition. And I do think that the, the repetition of a tendency in patterns of skills, behavior is real. I really do, because I, it certainly felt like that for me. I think it was Rupert Spira who described it as, as whirlpools in a stream. The stream is the, is the whole and the little whirlpools are the, the people, or whatever you like to call them. 
And as the whirlpool fades or dies, it's reabsorbed, but the influence of that whirlpool still remains in the stream. And so it gets reformulated, you know, you could call that reincarnation, but there's no continuity in terms of a fictitious character because the ego is an idea. Complete fabrication of, of history. There is no ego. There's no thing. There's no thing here. There's a beingness. There's nobody acting, but there is plenty of acting going on. But no separate entity in here who's doing the acting. Just to live life without any particular plans and being open to what happens is quite scary as a concept. You can't make it into a method of getting anywhere. The whole thing about not having plans is that you don't know what's going to happen and you are living in a place of uncertainty and insecurity. That insecurity is what opens you. Because what do we do when we feel insecure? We build a life around us, which is effectively a wall, where we know what's going to happen. If we feel safe, we've got the job, the family, the wife, the car, the da 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 da. And we've got this lovely cocoon which is nice and safe, but it cannot lead to happiness. It can only lead to a, a kind of mundane feeling of there must be more than this. Alan Watts wrote a book called The Wisdom of Insecurity. And that was, for me, a, you know, a really powerful read. I just remember feeling in tune with that. This is what I feel. I feel insecure. And is it okay? Is it okay to feel insecure? <laughs> Do I have to know? This is a really powerful question. Do I need to know? Knowing is like projecting into the future. Constantly trying to, to know what's happening all the time. 
which means you're projecting the past onto the future and constantly repeating with nothing new possible. When you're in the midst of it all, it's very different because looking back on that now, I was really insecure, which I don't feel insecure now, but I can relate to it because I can see how that was a launching pad for new things to happen. I wasn't building the, the security around me, you know, with the, the pension schemes and the superannuation and, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. I've never done any of that, by the way. I've never had any savings. I've never tried to build for the future, save for a rainy day and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> to say I've not ever had to struggle in terms of earning a living apart from till I was 30. When I was supposed to be earning a living from the age of 21 to 30, that was a strange time. That time when I, I w went to the phone box and I needed some money to buy petrol. I was ringing around for friends and I rang Mike and he said, oh, yeah, I can send you a fiver. <laughs> the best things happened to me when I was not supported. That's, that's the best thing in, in terms of material things. which is some advice I could perhaps give to parents because of course you love your children and you want them to be happy, but if you buy them everything, they won't know how to get it apart from through you. They need to move on, you know, leave home, go traveling or something or do something on their own to get out into the world. It's like the prodigal son, you know, that goes out into the world Thank you for listening to Facing the Music. We want to extend out gratitude for your company today. For enriching context and further insight into our series, do visit iTheSound.com slash Terry. We have provided all the pertinent information in the description. For those interested in delving deeper into Terry's compelling journey, his biography, Only Now, is readily available on all major online bookstores. It is an intimate and insightful account of a life dedicated to music and spiritual awakening. Lastly, please visit terryoldfield.com to stay up to date with Terry's latest endeavors. Once again, thank you for your time. This is John Valdivia from iTheSound.com. <laughs>